tell you one thing, if another green man pops out of me, I'm shooting first and asking questions later. They're coming to get you, Barbara. You are on the verge of destroying the entire universe. You're listening to Creeps in the Night with Sam and Logan. <laughs> Welcome everyone to episode 10 of Creeps in the Night. Sit back, relax, and get ready for the time of your life. I'm Logan Marks, and this week Sam has picked up an interview with Hilary Stone and Jessica Crutell of Mystic Mittens, two ghost hunters and podcasters that like to find answers for those who seek help with their paranormal problems. They want to bring light to those lost in the darkness. So without further ado, here's Sam's interview with Mystic Mittens. All right, ladies, so it's glad we finally get to talk. So I'd like to know, how did you ladies meet? Like, did you guys meet, like, in a flea market, bathroom, in a Walmart, or in court? Like, how did you ladies meet? <laughs> well, it's not that exciting, but I guess it is. It's, it's still relatively exciting. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Jessica and I both went to the same um, art college. We went to College for Creative Studies in Detroit, mm. and um, we didn't know each other at the time and I will let her tell you what happened but so we we um actually had a chance meeting before we actually like formally met and became friends a couple years later so what what were you doing so I um do photography as kind of a side hobby and um Hillary and I had a couple mutual friends who recommended and referred her to me for me to do a photo shoot for her um because she was looking for something a little bit more spooky um, and a little more different and unique. So um, let's see. So part of the trade-off was that I, I got a free tarot card reading as part of payment for this photo shoot. And I've never had one before, but um, surprisingly, it was completely accurate. And, um, and from the first time that we met, we hit it off right away. And we're like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to make a girls paranormal group. We're going to, like, we planned this whole thing out. Right after doing a tarot card reading. So right <laughs> the first time that we you, met. As soon yeah. as you met, you guys knew that you guys were meant to do a, a paranormal mm-hmm. team? Yes. Yes. Jeez. What <laughs> as, as ridiculous as that sounds, yes. What yes. kind of tarot card reading is this? God damn. A very good one, <laughs> good obviously. One, obviously. <laughs> Man, you Only duped her, Hillary, didn't you? You duped her good. <laughs> <laughs> I am the testament, right? Yeah. <laughs> You, now you need to give me all your money in your bank account. That's what it tells me to do next. <laughs> we haven't got to that point. Yeah, I know it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> so, so how about how long ago was that? Gosh, Ooh. that was back in I think November of 2017, mm-hmm. November or December of 2017. Yeah, and I think so, it was November. Yeah, and we kind of really hit the ground running from there. Um, you know, I had kind of like tossed the idea around that I wanted to like find somebody. It was just a very ethereal idea, you know, before I met Jessica, but like that, you know, I wanted to find somebody to, I was getting really into spirit box stuff. Um, and I had been doing mediumship and tarot stuff and, you know, things like that for a while. And um, I had never really considered kind of diving into the paranormal stuff so much because a lot of the stuff that I saw on TV, I was like, well, that's not how it works for me. So <laughs> I don't like that. But I like started to kind of warm up to it. I'm like, oh, I get this. This is fun. Like, I think I could make this fun. And so then like Jessica and I's meeting then was kind of, was kind of like, ooh, it's happening, isn't it? It's happening. Uh-huh. Isn't it? <laughs> and like, we both were like totally on this. It was like, we were both like, yeah, totally. Like we get, we just, we hard, didn't even really have to use words. We were just like, yeah, we're doing this. This is what's happening. <laughs> And we just, we started 
Um, we filmed, I think our first video was a spirit box session we did together. And then we started kind of exploring some local things and um, taking out some of our friends and random acquaintances to share experiences with us. And then kind of the rest is history. So right off the bat, you guys met and you guys started making videos. So what I saw on your site, Hillary, this is directed to you. It says you're a psychic medium for over 12 years, right? Yes. So I also read that it, you combine metaphysical techniques with instrumental transcommunication research. For those of us who don't know, what is instrumental transcommunication? So for short, ITC. So that's it's it's kind of a an umbrella term, and um, this is a term that is kind of new for me in my vocabulary. Probably like. I, three or four years I've been entertaining this and words are very complicated and I'm not like a labels person and, and kind of stepping out in this category is very, you have to have labels. And I'm like, sure. well, I reserve the right to change my mind, yeah. you know, yeah. but, <laughs> but, um, ITC kind of the umbrella term kind of covers any um, like, you know, interdimensional communication with um, entities in general. So some people, uh, when they are participating in ITC research are kind of focused on more like, you know, like interplanetary uh, extraterrestrial beings. Some people are um, kind of more focused on communication with like different like non-human entities and then there's kind of like the spirit communication element of it so really um a lot pretty much every paranormal investigator who's using um any of the tools that you see on like the shows like spirit boxes and like those wonder boxes even k2 um or emf technology you know in the context of trying to have a conversation with another entity or a non um gosh like a what am I trying to say? Like, uh, I, the words help me. <laughs> Talk, help me do something. I'm like, I forgot the word we said earlier. And I was like, that's a perfect word. And I just, I, it's gone. But just really any kind of like instrumental communication, you know, or an attempt to make communication at least with something non-physical that's we'll use that there word. we that's go okay non-physical all right perfect so 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 your role basically in these investigations like what do you do do you do you just you know reassure everyone i guess there is something here like are you the the one who who, who uh confirms it with the rest of the team when you go out in your investigations so we all wear a lot of hats and it's been kind of interesting even just for myself, I guess, developmentally with, um, I guess, these, if we call them gifts. Now to just get off in the weeds for two seconds here, I am of the belief that like all people are psychic. You know how animals have like heightened senses mm -hmm. to help them survive? I think that we all have intuition, psychic abilities, and, and whether or not people choose to um, develop those or explore them um, is kind of, I guess, the differentiation between like somebody who's you know, seen as like particularly gifted or not, you know, like mm -hmm. musicians, it's the same kind of thing. So anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. I always use the analogy of like Yo-Yo Ma, like no one gives Yo-Yo Ma crap, like, oh, he's so good at cello. No one else should ever play cello ever again, you know? So um, anyway, I need to get back to the point. <laughs> I totally got lost there. <laughs> All right, no, Yo-Yo Ma, let's go with it. <laughs> so, 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 okay, so you do that and... um. Jessica, you've been just a fan of, of the paranormal since, what, you were growing up? Yes. Um, so I grew up watching um, Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi every Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of kept it, like, in the closet because back then it wasn't okay to just talk about these things openly. And um, I, I wasn't, like, I just didn't want to broadcast it to the world mm -hmm. because I knew that there would be 
some sort of rebuttal and there would be some sort of backlash from somebody somewhere mm. that would be like, oh, why are you watching that? Anyway, sure. so I grew up watching Ghost Hunters and my um, my grandmother, who um, was my role model in life, she would always tell me about how all of these experiences that she had and she was the person that I trusted more than anybody on this planet. So if grandma says it's true, it's got to be true. true. Yeah, so sure. Exactly, exactly. So... Um, so I grew up watching that show for uh, for all of the years and the seasons that it was on and um, just kind of started to dabble in it on my own. You know, even back in high school, my friends and I would just go and, um, you know, we went to the Memphis Cemetery when I was in high school. We were able to explore um, an old abandoned funeral home um, with permission. That was pretty exciting as well. So um, and then things kind of fell flat and I was just kind of waiting for the right opportunity because it's it's always been something that I wanted to chase and it's always been important to me to do things in my life that I'd be happy of knowing that I could do when I was a child Mm -hmm. so any of those like childhood dreams and aspirations being able to achieve those and to reach those goals is really important to me and um so it worked out really well when hillary and i kind of crossed paths because it was that opportunity for me to be able to go and chase these dreams and you know i've had experiences in my own life of things that you can't really explain so i know this stuff is out here and i think it's really important and it's great that we have this opportunity to be able to share these experiences um with many other people and to try to make it be a little bit more normal i always say turning paranormal normal (laughs) i want it to be something that it's okay that you can talk about with your friends you can talk about it at school you can talk about it at work it just needs to be an openly discussed thing because it's happening but so many people aren't even sharing their experiences because they're still afraid to be judged so do you feel like now that a lot of your friends and probably your coworkers know what you guys do do you are you able to talk to them about this Yes, yes. Actually, I get approached multiple times at work, probably a couple times a week of somebody that's just like, Jessica, what's the latest thing? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Anything exciting happen? Can we can we come along? So um, so it's pretty exciting. And um, it's it's just a really great opportunity that we have. And it's, it's nice to be able to be open about it. So yeah. um, so it's, it's really great. It's just really great. It's a good feeling. Do you guys allow anybody like coworkers or just anybody to tag along? Usually, yes. Mm -hmm. And often we'll like go to um, if we're doing some sort of like a a public space. So um, a cemetery or a local legend or something, then um, we usually post on on social media to see if any of our friends or any of our followers, anyone that's just genuinely curious and wants to come along for the ride, if anyone's available. Um, We normally open it up. Obviously, if we're doing like um, a residential or um, a case that we were reached out to and contacted for, um, it's usually just Hillary and I and maybe one of our husbands or both of our husbands to come along for the ride Mm -hmm. um for a little more private type things like that but any sort of like public space just anybody investigations anyone can come yep so it's a lot of fun especially if it's something like you know even like a museum or something like that too or or totally public spaces it's like you know we try we we approach things in a very like pre-planned organized fashion but there is kind of an element of chaos Mm -hmm. in it yeah (laughs) i I bet it's, it's, I think that lends to the magic too. And now I remember what you were asking me before too about like what a lot of we are are I think very different from a lot of other groups. And even in the way that like I work in our group, I'm I kind of feel like I'm a magnet, 
And I think the way that I work, like as a medium, I like the term spirit liaison right now. I'm throwing that around, just trying it out, seeing if it flows. Spirit liaison. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I feel like truly like what I do is there's so many moving parts to like what I do and it's complicated. Um, but a lot of it is, is just kind of facilitating like a working relationship or moments of communication or connection between these, this kind of spirit realm or this whatever otherworldly, whatever it is we're talking to and like the people we bring around or us mm-hmm. too. And so I think, you know, we've been out with a couple other groups recently too. And it's really interesting to see how other people approach this stuff. Um, and, you know, we, we have kind of this sense of childlike wonder mixed with like, I don't know, this probably really isn't happening in the moment. Mm-hmm. Even me, <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah. I'm, kind of I'm hard to, hard to believe. Totally, totally. And even, you know, whatever there's, there's, if, especially if there's a lot of people or there's things going on, you're kind of distracted by like, you know, the weather or whatever, or what this other person's doing. But the most fun is like going back and reviewing the things and finding little spots where like you thought something happened and you're like, I don't know, maybe it's just this, but then you watch it again over and you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. that was weird. And like, we really, you know, we're, we're, I think we try and do a decent job of like prefacing everything with, you know, we're leaving it up to the viewer. We're not trying to make any sweeping statements. We believe truthfully that like experience is really the only thing that's going to like change anybody's mind. So I'm not, you know, we're not out here necessarily like hell bent on trying to prove, yes, this is a hundred percent real. It's just like, Hey, we're, you know, sharing our experiences, our explorations come along with us. We've had a lot of skeptics with us so Mm -hmm. far too, I would say. And we have, we have definitely opened a lot of minds with, you know, like our husbands and some friends and stuff too. (laughs) So that's been fun. That's what it's all about. So, so you two are pretty good friends and you guys know each other pretty well. So when you get these other people that come along, do they ever kind of like ruin like anything that's going on? Like, are they too negative or are they just just kind of being like idiotic or saying dumb things? Just just, you know, give bad experiences to what's going on or what you guys are trying to achieve. You know, I think it I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a bad experience. I think everything's a learning experience. And um, it's interesting, too, to see um you know, people that we know and their dynamics and how they change when they're in a place that they might be uncomfortable. And it's not something that they're used to, whereas Hillary and I, it takes a lot to frighten us. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot to frighten us. But others that are new to this, that are just coming along and it might be their first trip, um, they might be able to be scared a little easier. So it's just kind of interesting to see, but I think everything is definitely a learning experience and you get to watch um, personalities really kind of shift one way or another. And then sometimes too, I feel like you'll go to a place that kind of amplifies the negative side effects of like the negative personalities of somebody and it just kind of brings out the bad traits so um so it's kind of interesting to to see depending on the location and um you know knowing a lot of these people and not knowing some of these people but just bringing them along and putting them in an environment that they're not necessarily familiar or comfortable with but do they ever like do anything that you guys are not on board with and you're like you know what i'm not going to bring these people around anymore you know they're just kind of ruining things they're ruining the experience their negativity is just fucking everything up you guys ever feel that way 
Yeah, I mean, not we haven't had any major incidents so far. I think, you know, like Jessica said, too, we approach everything um, with a very experimental mindset. And so even if we had somebody that, like, maybe we wouldn't prefer, like, we know it's not the last time we're ever going out. And mm-hmm. so if it were to affect, like, the energetic chemistry of the whole thing, you know, I mean, that's kind of an experiment in and of itself. So it's ex- it's kind of exciting to, like, it's just you go in with a totally open mind and you just observe everything that happens, mm-hmm. everything thing you smell here feel every reaction everyone has and so you know every time it's good i think the only you know we haven't had any tremendously negative experiences and this isn't you know targeted and targeted at anyone in particular sometimes you do um run into kind of um unruly people just at random you know they come with other groups or you just bump in sometimes we just and no one who's ever bumped into us has been horrible like we'll just meet up random people that Mm -hmm. we don't know we'll just show up we'll be like come with us come walk down this creepy path it's gonna be awesome (laughs) (laughs) i promise we won't kill you right We're like, really what are these? Teenagers. What are these girls yeah, trying to do with teenagers. us? <laughs> what do these two women want with us? <laughs> I'm sure there's been some concern, yeah. I mean, especially the girls that showed up when we were in the dark in the middle of the cemetery. They're like, "What the heck? Yeah, <laughs> they don't even have any beers. What are they doing out here? Oh right? Well, do they know they scared us just as much right. as we scared them? But <laughs> we were thinking the cops were pulling up. Nope, that's the scariest thing that's happen. The cops, yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> So you guys say you guys do, uh, you know, you, you basically go hunters for hire. You do business investigations and you do home investigations, right? And and, yes. and you guys take your husbands along. It sounds like basically for security on home investigations, right? It's um, but have you guys ever, like, when somebody got a hold of you, did you ever feel like these people were sketchy, or you felt like the situation was just bad, and you're like, nope, sorry, we're not gonna go do this. You intercept the majority of that. Yeah. What do you think? So I. Am the main point of contact for um, case management. So if somebody's reaching out and um, and they're just coming to us with information, and honestly, like I don't think there's anybody that has been necessarily sketchy, but I think a lot of people get sketched out by us and they go into it really strong ho and they're like, yes, we want this to happen. And then as that communication continues and we start to get the details, something shuts them off and i think it is their own uncertainty because they don't want somebody to come in mm-hmm. and, and they see that stuff on and tv and they think that's what we're going to exactly. come in and do yeah. too and which whatever you know that's its own thing not knocking that mm-hmm. but i think they get cold feet because they're concerned yeah exactly and i think there's something to be said too where like television a lot of shows out there make it all so negative and everything's mm-hmm. bad and it's a demonic entity and it's it's really not that. We've been doing this for so long now, and we've never encountered anything of that sort. And that's not to say it can't happen. Mm-hmm. It's just it hasn't happened yet. But, you know, a lot of, like, in Hollywood, too, Hollywood and television, media, social media, all of these things make it seem like it's that there's a lot more bad out there mm-hmm. than it's just, honestly, just spirits that are just curious mm-hmm. and just want us to know that they exist. Yep. So I feel like a lot of people mainly just get cold feet when it gets close to that time to like pick the date and set things up i I think they just chicken out the last second for whatever reason either they want they're afraid it's going to turn out like television or Mm -hmm. movies or they're honestly they're they don't want to 
come to terms with the fact that what is happening is real. So um, so it's kind of interesting in that sense, but know that we haven't encountered anybody that was sketchy. I mean, we've been to a couple weird places that, but we're, we're smart and we're paying attention to our surroundings the whole time too. And we do our homework too, I think is enough. And even, you know, it's like these situations she's describing too have really kind of played into, um, you know, even recently to the way that we kind of go through, like it's like a pre-interview process. We spend time getting to know the people we're going to work with for like two weeks beforehand at least and okay. try and at least give some um, time to just have some conversation back and forth and get an idea of who they are and, and you know, like maybe, you know, what's going on there. And we approach everything with a total, it's like optimistic skepticism, you know, sure. like I, I never, ever feel like we ever walk into anything to invalidate anyone's experiences by right. any means. It's right. to explore with them, um, to propose, you know, from our experience, from our research, from our um, whatever, you know, propose potential options, experience with them potentially, and then come up with some kind of way to move forward. And a lot of times even that's, it's like a 90% like mental and, you know, energetic Mm self-improvement is the, you know, the, the key to solving a lot of the things that cause some of this activity. Absolutely. And uh, having somebody that is really uncomfortable with the idea of it and being able to go in and kind of change their perspective on things and give them some level of comfort is really important as well. Um, and it's just it's just something that makes us feel good to be able to be help for those that might not necessarily know where to go or who to turn to. Um, and I will have people that just message us just to tell us their stories just because they, they want their stories to be shared and they don't know how else to do it. Hmm, yeah. You guys are like a gateway to that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so my next thing, I'm kind of curious, is like, like for me, you know, I've been reading, I, I like a lot of this stuff, and I've read a lot of, about people who do ghost hunting, and they really, really want to find evidence of, like, you know, EVPs, ghosts, you know, anything they can. And I've read stuff where after some time, you know, people, they felt the recordings that they thought were ghosts were actually, they find out that they're like maybe the water heater, ventilation, house settling, you know, furnace, whatever. So I'm sure you two ladies, you want to encounter paranormal and unexplained situations, right? That's that's your goal. I mean, that's kind of what you're doing is investigating. But do you find it difficult to be logical and un- unbiased in your investigations? It's a tough question. So, you know, I think, too, there's there's an interesting distinction to be made, at least in my opinion, about um, EVP. And that, that kind of, the conversation starts with quality. And, you know, who, who defines what the scale and mm-hmm. the, you know, the qualifications or the classifications for EVPs are necessarily. But I think a lot of, um, you know, and it, the same goes for like photos too, you know. Um, a lot of times there's over-enthusiasm certainly. And um, especially with like some of those old recorders, I won't say specifically what I'm talking about, but some of those old recorders mm-hmm. that um, generate white noise okay. um, are... Or like garbled, like, you know, you hear them if you weren't looking at the subtitles in some of these yeah, videos. Yeah, you wouldn't, you you wouldn't hear, even hear it, catch it. Nope, totally. And we, um, you know, I, like we said, kind of approach everything with like, I don't know, whatever. Not, you know, we have our own beliefs. We have, our, everyone has biases, that's fine. But I don't think that Jessica and I are attached to any particular outcome. And I kind of think that comes from like a lack of like, we, everyone in our group has a different like spiritual belief or religious background or whatever. And I think kind of that cross or that intersectionality kind of prevents everyone from going off 
too deep into any corner. So we're all kind of like, I don't know, let's just (laughs) riff about it. Who knows? But, um, you know, back to the EVPs that it's, it's, if you show a piece of audio evidence to several people without prompting them or without telling them what you think it is, and you have several people agree or, you know, say the same thing, um, you know, that's kind of a moment to be like, hmm, maybe that's something. Um, you know, and when we first started with our spirit box stuff, um, we kind of realized that uh, that was something that some people were thinking about. So we started posting um, like two of the same video. So one without subtitles and one with sub. So one very long without subtitles. So mm-hmm. if anybody wanted to go through and listen to it and take their own notes or compare things, um, there was at least, you know, some level of transparency. But, um, you know, we have gotten how many, like, out of thin air, there's a voice mm-hmm. on a voice recorder, Often. clear as day. Two times, yeah. I think, two times. Mm-hmm. Two times, And we okay. have hundreds of hours of yeah. footage and things. Two, well, no, sorry, three times maybe. Three times, okay. Three what times. Was, yeah. was an actual voice that you heard. Yes. Yes. Okay. Three times. So no, more than that, four. Four times? Four. <laughs> just keeps, this is terrible. He's doubling <laughs> these. Okay. Memphis, no, wait, eight yes. times. Okay. Zims. So okay. Oh, yes. I apologize. Okay. The Harrison Township House. Yes. And then Under, and then under the Bridge. Yes. So four. Four, four times. Okay. And so we have hundreds of hours. I would, yeah, hundreds of hours mm-hmm. of footage, audio. We have Spirit Box. So we have this too, even like a Spirit Box now that records without us having to have the speaker on. So we can ask questions and have the Spirit Box running and recording and we can review it after the fact and we did that recently we got a group together the girls who were there with us after the fact and we re-listened to just the audio with no none of our voice or none of our questions or anything and we just all noted what we all heard Mm -hmm. we you know debated it discussed it Mm -hmm. and and kind of took the subtitles for our Denton video from that group exercise. So it's tough, you know. I mean, no matter, you know, how thorough you are, and you could have, like, the clearest EVP of all time. There's and there's still going to be somebody shooting 100%. It down. There's always, always going to be somebody. Happen. So, you know, you just, you kind of, after a while, you really don't worry about it so much. We just, you know, we, we, we're invested in being transparent and honest and that's really part of our brand lol <laughs> you know but it, it, it is that's kind of part of our deal and you know we'll make mistakes we're you know two-legged mm-hmm. kind make lots of mistakes <laughs> you know so it's okay but i think you know it's it's we learn and we celebrate our mistakes just like we celebrate the you know weird things because we learn just as much if not more Mm -hmm. from those mistakes truthfully so i mean the the failure is the fun part in our opinion (laughs) (laughs) that's also it's important when you go to a location that you go in looking for things that could be explainable so um you know like you're you're checking out what the house is like is there a creaky floor is the house older does it have bad electrical um these are all things that you should be looking for in every single case before you even start um, because a lot of things have a, a huge impact. Um, you know, we with our K2, I put it up to my brother. He has one of those little, uh, like, aquariums um, in his bedroom that's by his, his, it's on his nightstand, and that's emitting high levels of EMF, and that's, it's not good for you. It's not going to be healthy for you. You're going to, 
feel uncomfortable, it could make you queasy, give you headaches, all of these different things, even hallucinations Ooh. could all be stemmed just from him sleeping next to a fish tank. So um, so it's really important to get a baseline reading and to definitely check out the location first before you go in and jump to conclusions when you hear a bang and it's just the heat turning on. So um, so it's, it's really important to go in and have that, that open mind and look for things that could be misleading that somebody could very easily mistake as something paranormal and really it's just the foundation of the house so you find that people who call you guys they let you guys investigate before like thoroughly you guys are able to just check everything out that, that can be looked into i think you know honestly and this is totally terrible but like maybe because we're women people like let us they're mm-hmm. just like whatever go through my cupboards yeah. it's fine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And they do. We're like, can we check this? You know, and we ask. We're very respectful. And we handle all this in a very sensitive, even, you know, when it's obvious that there's something not paranormal. We're very sensitive about, you know, approaching that and, you know, use very neutral language Mm -hmm. when um, addressing things like that. But I do think we... People invite us in. They're very welcoming. They're like, do whatever you want. They're excited. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like a... It's kind of a, a... group experience too we don't you know and sometimes like on tv you'll see too the homeowner or the business owner leaves too um which if if you know our clients wanted to leave of course that would be fine but most of the time they want to hang out and see what's exactly and participate and watch it happen and that's really where i think these you know really mind-blowing experiences Mm -hmm. happen you know especially with it's truthfully too like if there's activity or if there's something happening surrounding the person it's usually the person not so much the place even if the place does have history it's the person who draws it out or brings it out so to have that person present and involved with you know we're kind of like the supervisors is huge Hmm. it's been huge for us we love that it's very interesting um and you guys also said some terms that i kind of want to get into now so I, i i studied you guys you ladies a lot so can you explain some of the tools, items you guys use for your investigations? Like I saw digital voice recorders, K2 EMF meters, spirit boxes, flashlights, dowsing rods. Some of the, the only thing I'm really unsure of is the dowsing rods, but can you kind of go through some of those, what you use and how you use them? Absolutely. You know, I don't think, I don't know that we're 100% sure about everything that we use either. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and that's the kind of goes back to that, like, it's like, is this really happening? Is this really working? Is this thing broken all the time? <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, we're, we're optimistically skeptical, honestly. But, you know, so we have, okay, we have, we love our digital voice recorder. And that's just like a regular old mm-hmm. Sony digital voice yeah. recorder that we both got from Best Buy. Or I got mine from Best Buy, mine's, at least whatever. Yep, same, same. <laughs> we love those. Those are great. And those, unlike, you know, those ones. I was referencing earlier, those are meant to capture high definition, crystal clear, round table audio. There's a few different settings. And so that's been so nice. So sometimes those really muddy ones, I don't know about, but the crystal clear ones, we at least personally love. Then we have, we have a couple different EMF devices right now. We have our K2. Mm -hmm. We've got, I have this, you know, that ghost, I don't know if you've ever seen the ghost meter. I have like the generic, it's like a little radiation meter so i got the little radiation it looks like a baby monitor it does really cute (laughs) so that's makes you want to have a baby doesn't it no 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 it's like a little like baby toy i don't know 
it's the exact opposite. I don't want a baby because of this. <laughs> it looks like medical equipment. I totally get oh. why you say that. I totally yeah, get maybe. it. Yeah, maybe. But then, and then we recently just got this new one. There's this Cambridge Labs EMF meter. It's it's a um, digital rechargeable dual display. It's um, decimal based. So it's instead of like needles, which we have a needle device. That's mm-hmm. that one that looks like a b- medical yep. baby toy. Then the K2 <laughs> has an internal needle, which all of them do have internal needles. But whether or not the you know the needle is visible is kind of the difference. The K2 has the lights which indicate the level of electromagnetic activity. Then we have we have Boo Buddy, mm-hmm. who is also an EMF device and an EVP prompter trigger object. So wait, that's wait, a Boo bear. Buddy, that's the interactive bear. Yes, yes. sir. That's so cute. <laughs> Teddy Ruxpin? Yes, I know. We had to get that. I never had Teddy Ruxpin. I had Toby Terrier, and he was equally terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. The 90s baby. <laughs> but yeah, so he's interesting. We have not, you know, truthfully like mm. in the beginning I I used him a little bit by myself in my basement testing it out. We haven't had much of an opportunity to use him. It's kind of a a thing I think we thought we'd use more. We'll see, maybe in the future. But he um if you touch him, it you know, it lights up and he says strange things to try and invoke EVP responses, which we have never had a direct response to Boo Buddy yet. Damn Boo um, Buddy. But yes, I know. <laughs> Poor Boo Buddy. But he's a fun little mascot and he's fun to take pictures of. Yes. <laughs> so, so what else do we have? The dowsing rods? Yes, yes, the dowsing rods. Okay. Do you want to so, talk about those for a second? The dowsing rods have kind of come a long way. Um, originally, dowsing would be done with using a Y-shaped twig. Mm-hmm. And you would hold the top of the Y and the long skinny bottom part of the Y would be the, the part that would go down. And it would be the stick itself would point throughout towards the ground. And that would be used for finding wells, um, like where you could, you know, build a well back in the day. Oh, fresh so water. You would be able to, yeah, you would find fresh water and groundwater with it. So, um, so that's where it kind of originated. And then it kind of shifted a little bit to using copper. And then that's where it kind of got like in this like fuzzy weird period for me because with the y-shaped stick, there's not any way that you could physically pull the end of the stick down. But with the, just the plain L-shaped copper wire, it's it's kind of quite easy in my opinion, and um, similar with pendulums, which I'll I'll touch on next. But it's quite easy to manipulate yourself if it's just the L-shaped wire. But um, I purchased a few years back um, a set of dowsing rods, and the, and it's kind of changed, and it got really smart. So now it's actually a copper tube that is over the L-shaped part. So um like the handle is a unattached object and the L kind of floats in that unattached object. So when you're holding it, you have absolutely no hands on the actual dowsing rod themselves, um, which is obviously very helpful with kind of getting a little bit more believability to the actual use of dowsing rods, um, just because the fact that, you know, it's not easily manipulated. So with the dowsing rods, you basically you want to start by finding a definite yes and a, a definite no. And um, you can see them move. And uh, it was really funny with Hillary because she's never used them before until the one time and I had her try it. And her reaction is <laughs> priceless, in my opinion. But um, it's it's really interesting. So another thing, too, with uh, the pendulums, and this is something that I've, I've started, so I'll let you in on her secret, but I haven't named it yet. So... 
pendulums. People use them and they hold them, but um, my degree is actually in photography and your body is constantly shaking. So there's only such a slow shutter speed that you can take before your actual physical human body starts to move the picture and the picture will be blurry. So your body's always moving. So you can't physically stand still enough to hold something on a string and have that object not be affected by you as a human. So um, I've kind of invented a lovely contraption where the pendulum is freestanding and it hooks onto a device so that way it's completely unaltered by by the actual movement of a human. So um, that's going to be interesting. We started toying with that a little bit, but we haven't gotten anywhere with it quite yet. And we haven't named it yet either, but it's going to be pretty fun. And it's interesting to see because it kind of takes the human error out of it. And it's just not even an option anymore when you're not touching it anymore. So I think there's kind of two schools of thought too, just to add to that there too well you know it, it depends on what your i guess intention is too so if you're you know using something like dowsing rods or a pendulum to try and prove the undeniable existence of ghosts or the afterlife you're going to have a bad time mm-hmm. um you, you know just because it's that it is such tool schools of thought so you could either have some outside disembodied entity use their energy to move or manipulate the object or the other school of thought is is that when you're using those your micro movements are the channeling of whatever information obviously that you know as Jessica was talking about adds a lot of human error into the equation there but sometimes that might be the point so if you were trying to Um, communicate on your own or use your pendulum or your dowsing rods um, for a personal experience, I think that's probably maybe the best use of those potentially. Um, But, you know, it's interesting to kind of see if we're going to be able to get anything to push it or move it. Um, The earth does rotate. And so when you have something on, I'm interested to see how this affects the pendulum. It will kind of do its own little circular motion just based on the rotation of the earth how significant that is remains to be seen but so they're always going to move there are always things that are going to move these things and so you have to either be honest with yourself or trust the person you're with otherwise who knows (laughs) have they ever led you astray like like "Ah, this is bullshit or whatever have you ever been like and this is too hokey when we've been using them or when other people when you, are when using you, when you, them? <laughs> <laughs> no, when us, no. If you don't want to give any names about other people, let's just use you guys. calling anyone out. <laughs> Unless you're dropping names. No, let's just talk about you two. That's the real tea. Yeah. <laughs> for real. <clears throat> no, you know, I mean, there's there was that one, for me at least, I'll let Jessica answer this in a second, but there was that one experience for me where I, you know, and I was trying very hard to be still and I was very conscious of like, these aren't going to move. This is crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, and it, it it did it moved and I was like that was very strange and it was a very unnatural movement but I you know and then I made my own pair and I made a little video making my own pair too but I have not used them since so (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what about you um I'm not sure I haven't really uh, it's difficult with with items like that because it's not we love our know. K2s too much. We, yeah. we got distracted with other we tools. We got sidetracked no, okay. with actual technology. That's the issue. <laughs> cool cool <laughs> gadgets. Beepy toys that exactly. go beep, boop, boop, yeah. Expen- yeah. Expensive things. We yes. got sidetracked with the expensive equipment. Um, so we haven't really dived into it all too much, but it's we still carry them with us every time we go just in case opportunity arises. But 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, I saw, I, I did see your video, uh, Hillary, and I saw that Dowsing Rod hit you in the face. So that was kind of good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty cool. That was my fault. That's the that was me. I'm talking about. That I did that. That's the best clip right there. If you watch any of our clips, that's the portion you need. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was that, ooh, yeah. Yeah. The, ooh. That, that was pretty interesting. I was like, damn, those things work. That's funny. <laughs> so, and that was, I was freaked out. That's why I went home and I'm like, I got to make them. And then you punched yourself. True. <laughs> so, so the mag light. I mean, I know cops have mag lights for beating up perps. Like, what is the mag light for? Like, you guys beating up ghosts and stuff or... Totally. We're very aggressive. Some very serious ghost busting. <laughs> like, oh, what's no. the mag light for? Uh, aesthetics, to be totally honest, for the most part. I mean, you know, truthfully, as we've, like, this is just my opinion, but, like, as we've gone, like, we went on this trek through the woods, and I would have loved to have, like, a 10,000 lumen flashlight. And I, we didn't even get the mag light, mag light out at that point. But, like, now I'm like, these are for photo shoots. This is for, <laughs> you know. But some people use them. Well, I've, you've seen them on TV. They, you know, loosen the back cap or the battery back cap. And the idea is that, you know, if you set it on the floor and had it, you know, just so the contact was just barely touching that if, you know, something with limited energy could touch it, it would turn the flashlight on or off, which um, I have never personally had that happen, Um, you know, and we tried to kind of set that up, but it's a real testy, I don't know that I could trust it personally. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) But it's just a useful thing to have, though. Certainly. Well, Mm. you can never have too many flashlights in the dark. That's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) You never know when you need to beat up a ghost, right? Mm And that's true as well. <laughs> so I kind of like to jump in on some of your cases if you girls are cool with that. Absolutely. All right. So I'm kind of curious. Uh, can you tell me about Stuart, the spirit that you made a connection with who was attached to a mismatched photo in a Victoria photo album? Like, What did you, yes. what did you learn from that? Well, um, we, we – so let me, I guess, tell the backstory here really quick. So I had bought this uh, Victorian photo album, and you could tell – uh, some of it was, or some of the photos were original to that album, and sometimes antique dealers, because there's just like loose photos all over antique stores all the time, pretty much, at least around here, they'll um, take some of the extra ones and just kind of jam them in another photo album just, you know, to fill it up or whatever, to get a couple extra bucks out of it or whatever, and this one was in kind of rough shape. But anyway, so this was an album with some original and some mismatched pictures. Now, that was the first um, PSB7 Mm-hmm session that she and I sat down to do together and um we didn't anticipate I mean we didn't have it like the session had nothing to do with that album we had had um this box of ceramic pipes that were found along the Detroit River from like the old Trader Trapper days and we had sat down with those and some old bottles just to kind of see if that would do anything and then we had this it was just like a series of little responses that made sense to me in the moment um and I shared those with Jessica and like, it was like, oh, should we get this album? Okay. And we started trying to flip through the album and like, we said like, tell us when to stop. Excuse me. And, um, I don't exactly remember the chain of events, but somehow we've kind of got to this picture and it kind of shot out a little bit like it. And it was a very awkward looking picture. Like the mat had been cut strangely. So either it had been damaged or somebody cut it to put it. God knows what happened to it. But it was it was augmented from its original form, most definitely. And it did not belong in the album. And it was very obvious. So we flipped to it and kind of got to that picture. And there was some response 
that caused us to be like, okay, all right, maybe it's this. And then we got the name Stuart mm-hmm. when we asked what your name was. So there is no identifying information on this photo. Cannot with 100% certainty confirm that, yes, that man's name was Stuart, but that's what it said. Mm-hmm. And it's become kind of like a he sits in my basement because oh, that's the thing was it was he didn't want to go back in the album he didn't want to be in that album or he didn't want his photo it's not oh. him sorry they're not trapped in the photo i don't want to mislead anybody okay. to think that that's how it works no you have a prisoner huh <laughs> yeah, totally it's this ghost jail in the basement it's very serious <laughs> hillary's jail Jeez. it's a reform school for mismanaged ghosts um so it i think you know what that probably taught us and i didn't really consider it before then i had we you know jessica and i both had been kind of collecting these pictures and like didn't really think about why it was just like oh i like these and i don't want these people to not have their pictures taken care of and um you know, to display these would be nice. And then we had that experience and that kind of was like, oh, so maybe some of these pictures, you know, if the person is willing or the, you know, whatever spirit remains of that person is willing, that can kind of act as some kind of connector, you know, for me or for us. I don't know if this happens for other people (laughs) to have these interactions with our tools, whatever. And I don't, it's not every photo we get. Like, what did we say? It was like three photos two or three photos out of the hundreds you and I both have yeah so it's not you know it it happens I guess that's what some people would refer to as like an attachment Mm -hmm. or like a haunted object you Mm -hmm. know but it's I see it as it's kind of like a it's like a point of contact so so you do think that they're haunted objects I suppose so yes Yes. absolutely and you guys have never owned any of them besides that picture so we have the picture what else is there? I have this parasol. And now, you know, of course, whatever. Take this how you will. That's <laughs> fine. I have this it's a, um, morning parasol from the 1800s. I think it's the 1880s. And it's a black lacy parasol. And um, I got it. And the day that it arrived, I brought it in my basement. And I was doing something and had this feeling like, oh, I just want to take some pictures. Or I was taking pictures of something else. And I noticed this kind of weird-ish, face-ish looking deal in one of the pictures and I was like okay and it looked like a lady crying or screaming or something like that and I had had you know a couple weird interactions on a spirit box that I was using myself a few times that kind of led me to believe there might be something to that parasol which would make sense it's a very you know uh, emotionally you would use that for a very short time but a very um, traumatic time a very emotionally heavy and mm-hmm. so it would make sense that there could be some like energetic crumbs of some sort if we look at it that we're talking about it that way sure. you know left on certain things huh interesting so kind of kind of another case i'm kind of going to shift to if that's okay sure um i was watching like i said i watched some videos zim's bar and grill investigation yes what did you guys Go find there <laughs> so zim's is located in sault saint marie Um, which is in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, and it's actually one of the oldest cities in the state of Michigan. And um, back in the day, it was a a post for trading um, since it's right on the water, and it's where the um, Sulax Canal is as well. So um, it's a very old historic town, and um, my cousin lives up there. So that's how I was able to find some um, connections with Sims Bar. Mm -hmm. And um, my cousin had told me a story once where she was – um, she was sitting at the bar, and she'll, that's where she goes to hang out. And um, she saw a woman walk into the bathroom, 
and then never came out. But at this point, the bar was closing down, and <laughs> they went into the bathroom, and there was, there was nobody there. So there's all of these stories, and the building back in the day used to be a hotel many years ago. And so, um, and hotels are kind of interesting, too, in the fact that um, you know, it's a location that people are staying for either a vacation or for business, but there's there's so many people that pass through there that it'd be kind of hard to believe that some sort of energy is not left behind mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, one way or the other. And so I was getting a tour of the bar and it wasn't um, like a, a full investigation. It was kind of like a, a pre-investigation, scout the place out so we can hopefully get back there this summer when we go up in August. And um, so I got a full tour of the building. And as I was walking towards the stairs, I, I didn't hear anything at the time. And there were other folks there with me. But you can hear their voices in comparison. And we did capture an EVP, um, which was quite interesting and was very clearly saying, like, hello. And when you go back and you review the evidence and you're watching these clips and you're listening to the audio and you're watching the videos and you're scrolling through the photos, and when you find something like that, the feeling that you get is there's no words to describe it. And it was so clear and it was just as I was just after talking about you know like how they see things in the basement and then as I pan to the basement is when you hear this this male's voice say hello so um unfortunately that was the only clip that we got that night and I did spend oh geez probably close to four and a half five hours Mm -hmm. there all together um we, we were there very late, and that was the only clip of, of really much of anything that came up that night. But um, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a full investigation. It was kind of a premature scouting of the location so we can go back. But um, it was still really interesting. It definitely makes us want to get back there. I'd be curious to bring Hillary in and, um, and see, too, because I feel like with Hillary's ability, sometimes it will actually amplify things um, because you know, if there's a spirit, they're, they're able to pick up that Hillary's a little bit different than I'm like me. a magnet. Yeah, I was say it's that like, exactly. I was say the magnet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see if things amplify. So somebody messaged us after the fact and let us know too. And I don't remember if they had mentioned this to you while you were there, but they were telling you the story about hearing somebody in the basement after closing and that mm-hmm. there was no one there. So somebody messaged us and let us know that, um, you know, being, you know, proximity to the lake uh, was a, it was a prime spot for like bootlegging and illegal gambling activity. Mm. And so there are connected underground tunnels on that street. Oh, wow. One of, so the buildings that bar included and like the couple businesses next door have these connected tunnels, right? So they would run like liquor and God knows what. So like wonder if they were having like card games or like illegal whatever yeah. parties down there. Some of that's still going on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you should take your husbands if you go, okay? <laughs> you should not go by yourselves. True. <laughs> hey, fellas, a couple more ladies join the party. Right. Same. <laughs> oh, my God. Bootleggers, yeah. whatever they're like, who knows? Those yeah, those U- the, the UP bootleggers, huh? Yes. You know, it's funny. I had no idea until, we, you know, it's it, there's a lot of bootlegging history here in Michigan, and it was actually a very – Detroit was a very significant city during that time. You had, like – I mean, it was, you know, not Chicago, but almost Chicago. You had yeah. Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Detroit. And mm-hmm. so we have – especially because Jessica and I live very close to the water here, too. So over in Gross Point, just a couple miles down the road, too, there's a few houses 
that have private cellars. Even in St. Clair Shores, they have little hidden liquor rooms and Mm -hmm. secret waterways and stuff. So it's interesting. Wow, you guys need to do more investigating out there. (laughs) We have a full plate. We've got you do. (laughs) Just keep going. Okay, so how about this next one? The Denton Demon Bridge investigation. Can you tell us what's the story behind that investigation? Yes. So that is a very long, or that legend has a very long history. It's mm-hmm. They say it's 150 years old, but I don't know if that's because the original bridge is 150 years old or what. But um, there is a local legend out in Canton, Michigan, that um, there was a woman who was killed by her husband because he found her cheating on him, and she ran with her baby and hid under the bridge, and he killed her after he killed the guy that she was having an affair with, um, and that her ghost then, um, she's the blue lady, allegedly, um, haunts that bridge. And so there's been kind of an adaptation of the story. It's kind of taken on a life of its own over the years with different, like, teenage kids. There's a, a part of it is that, like, you can see this lantern floating or the lights that you see, like, people supposedly see lights. That's the lantern of this ghostly woman. And so you had a lot of, like, teenagers and college kids hanging out in the cornfields with like lanterns on fishing poles and things like that and chasing cars and um, a few other people have um, believe they've seen UFOs out there and so the Denton demon idea comes from that there's these three lights that people will see that chase you down the road or that look like headlights depending on the story Mm -hmm. and the aggressive act of chasing is why it was coined the Denton demon so it depends on who you talk to if it's the blue lady (laughs) the Denton demon or just UFOs or Right. Yeah. So you guys <laughs> so went out there. Did you guys bad. see anything like that? Did you see, like, I saw that when the lights went out, uh, Cassie, she felt something touch her? Yeah. So Jessica, I we I didn't see me. I didn't see anything personally. Um, Jessica, I don't think saw anything either. We heard things. But yes, Cassie did. Do you want to tell about Cassie? So um, there was one part where we went underneath the bridge. Um, thankfully, it was not super wet at that time. And the... Like, the river itself was pretty low, so we were able to get literally right underneath the bridge that would normally be all water, and Cassie was up on the pedestrian bridge. So how it's set up is there's a road bridge for vehicles, and then there's a pedestrian bridge that runs parallel, Um, and Cassie was on the pedestrian bridge, and we were underneath the vehicle bridge, and um, at that point, Cassie heard what sounded like stomping running towards her on the bridge. Um, so needless to say, she was a little she was a little sketched out and that was Cassie's first trip coming out with us. So that kind of circles back to when we bring people <laughs> out for people. their first time and the new people and you know, they get picked on a little bit by the spirits because they're 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 know that they know they're fun to play with. So um so Cassie had that experience and at that point um Austin decided to go up with her and um that's when we remained underneath the bridge and we got that um there was a really odd clip on my phone which is weird because i my phone's memory is always full i mean <laughs> always full tell i us about stop it. taking selfies it's horrible <laughs> i am a photo addict not of pictures of myself but like just of anything i see it's it's horrible anyway so <laughs> I, for whatever reason, I decide to start filming on my phone, which is really uncommon and unlike 
thing for me to do because I never have the space on my phone. So <laughs> I'm filming a video on my phone while we're underneath the bridge. And when I was circling back and we were kind of going through it and I was listening to it one night, you hear this weird like doo-doo-doo and it sounds like somebody singing, like a starting to sing and it's a, a male's voice. But it's not Austin's voice. And Austin was the only guy that was with us. And um, there's no cars that are passing at that time. So it was really interesting. And it's kind of interesting, too, the fact that I was, for whatever reason, I felt I need to be filming with my cell phone right now. I need to be taking a video right now. And then that's when that clip happened. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no audible clip of anything even remotely similar on any of the other recording devices, cameras. Um, one of our friends, Dorothy, was wearing a recorder, like a watch that had a voice recorder in it. And that audio clip, that singing and that noise is not no is it's nowhere to be found on any of the other sources. So um, so it's really interesting in that aspect. And and obviously Cassie. Um, She's, she claims that she's a very, uh, very strong, uh, intuitive empath. So she, she picks on, up on those emotions a little bit more than, um, than one person might. So that might be another reason why she was approached um, a couple of times. And I wouldn't necessarily, like, I don't want to say targeted because that sounds like it's a bad thing. But I think like they just knew that they had that connection with her for some reason, one way or the other that um, made her more approachable and that she was more um, open to seeing and experiencing what was going on that night. Whereas like I personally, when I was sitting there, I was like, this is all bunk. Like there's like, yeah, there nothing. is nothing going on here. Like we saw this, um, this weird light in the sky, but we're right by a small airport. So oh, it's, so it, could, it, it was an that. airplane. It was right. just an airplane. And, and I know that because, you know, my cousin's a pilot, but like, it's so there there was just a whole bunch of things that was just like well i don't, was, I don't know about that it was weird though too because like and i even i felt that way like i'm like okay you know what yeah. i mean you go because you're checking it out and you it's funny you have to it's see fun it and you have friends and yeah but you ex i mean you expect to a certain extent that you know it's got, 75 yeah. to 90 percent right. of you the story is, is you know yeah. based in urban legend or whatever sure. but we had a couple weird things to happen i don't know like i'm i'm not as sure about that one as mm -hmm. i am some other ones but like that spirit box stuff was weird and i you know absolutely people you know they can get excited they can you know uh misinterpret some things but most people do not flat out lie yeah. in our experience yeah. and i you know even from my experience most people some do absolutely but most do not and so um you know we take everyone's experiences into consideration absolutely and so you know even she did get poked there on the bridge mm -hmm. she said and the interesting thing and i think this kind of ties into some of our maybe you know I don't know, I wouldn't say success in capturing some of these things, but like when it when it doesn't matter, it happens, or when you're distracted, it happens. Mm -hmm. And, ev you know, even that clip under the bridge, we're distracted or you're distracted or you're right. talking about something else or your attention is elsewhere. And that point where Cassie felt like she got poked, we were looking down the road. And, you know, especially the things at this bridge where, where you were like, I don't think there's anything here. I don't think you're here mm -hmm. at all. And then, you know, reviewing the clips later, there was some weird thing happened or Cassie's like, I feel like I'm getting poked or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And at that time, that was when we were trying to debunk right. the reflections or whatever on, you know, some of the signage. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's crazy stuff happens, man. <laughs> it's you got to see it to believe I, you it. You know, I, I watched the videos. I'm I watching. I'm trying to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one more case I'm curious about. The Harrison Township, uh, Michigan private residence. Yeah. The ones with all the ghosts and the ki the kids. 
Oh, can you it's so yeah. can you give Fun. some insight into that? Was that one kind of scary? What did you guys think about that? It wasn't. I wouldn't say it was scary. The family looked at it more as a nuisance. So um, that family, ever since they moved into that house, um, the one daughter especially would say that you know the little kids were keeping her up at night when she was young, when she was a child. Mm -hmm. um, she was being approached by children late at night that wanted to play. Um, and her mother found out about this, and she came into the room and said, you know, listen, it's bedtime. Yeah. We have to go to bed. You have to leave my daughter alone. Mm -hmm. She has school in the morning. You need to leave her be. And um, things kind of quieted down for a while, but time time to time, um, little things will happen. And that case was incredibly interesting because there are other houses that are tied to that same property that used to be the Hudson Bueller family back in the day. So there are multiple houses and multiple neighbors in that neighborhood that have very similar claims where they see... Um, ghost children, um, very commonly a little girl, um, as well as a gentleman who is often um, wearing a hat. So um, that case itself was really cool with us being able to use our local library and do some research on our own and kind of pull up all of this history of what that land once was. So um, back in the day, the Hudson Bueller family sold part of the land so that a schoolhouse could open. And that's where all the kids went to school. But we were able to find um, documentation of his kids skipping school so they could go hang out with the Native Americans. Like that was documented, which oh, okay. was amazing. And um, so that land was very common for um, Native Americans as well because it is so close to the water. So anyway, so years go by and eventually the little schoolhouse gets torn down and a new school is built on top of it. And that school is actually still rumored to be haunted, which is interesting. So um, we've heard a story from a janitor who used to work there and they said that during renovations, um, you know, he would hear things and kind of see things out of the corner of his eye and it would sound like, you know, there were kids playing and there's nobody there. And so it's, it's fascinating because it's all still that same plot of land. So we went to the house and we did some interviews with the family and um, we set up some cameras in the one daughter's room where most of the activity happens. And during the review, we got a couple of things too that was kind of interesting. Um, one of which, you know, we asked like, are you still here? And then we got a little girl's response saying yes, um, which was really neat. And that was one of those really great EVP captures that we had. But another thing that was really neat is we set up um, a night vision camera and we had it projected to um, the hallway as well as the closet because, you know, she would hear things in the closet and the closet was kind of almost like, um, like an entryway, if you will. And in the night vision camera, we were able to capture movement in the hallway, which very much looks like somebody almost peeking into the room. Like a ball of like, yeah, yeah, like, like a ball of ball light. Ball of light, kind peeking. of like just barely showing itself through the doorway, which is interesting because the mother, um, you know, many years ago said, like, Grace needs to sleep. You, you can't come in here. You can't come in her room. She needs to go to bed. Mm -hmm. So it was like the spirits knew that they weren't okay to come into the bedroom, but they could hang out in the hallway. The hallway oh, was a gotcha. safe place for them to be, and yeah. that was okay for them to be in the hallway, but they couldn't come into the bedroom. And um, so that was, oh, they were that respectful, was really huh? cool. Exactly. Right? Yeah, they they followed the rules. Yeah, they listened. Very respectful. Got to hand it to those kids. 
But Absolutely. they're persistent. You got to try. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's maybe, later. Yeah. Maybe you should play now. Yeah. Maybe they'll let me one day. Yeah, I'll keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> got it. I, I want to play, damn it. And that seemed to be the case. So, so did you Did you guys, your final you know, decision, do you think that it, there were ghosts there? Did you guys, what did you think? Like, Hillary, did you pick up on them? Did you sense them? You know what was really interesting about this case? So I walked, this was one of the few that um, I walked into and I didn't know anything beforehand um and jessica and mike had done some research and i didn't know anything and i had had this very bizarre dream um i think it was like a week before we were going there which sometimes happens i will have kind of like weird things weird dreams or weird whatever it sounds ridiculous Mm -hmm. you're supposed to know stevie nicks tells you keep your visions to yourself but weird (laughs) visions sometimes you know that end up playing into something that we're gonna end up doing sure and so I had had this very strange dream about a man in a hat. And this was before I knew any of this and, you know, told them, you know, later, you know, this man in a hat. And then later there was like a little girl. And I just, it was like this half awake, half asleep. Like there was this little girl in this weird dress with this hair bow running like around my bed. And so I wondered if that was going to play in. And so when we got there um, and we kind of shared this she shared this research with me. It was kind of like, oh, geez, that's super weird. And Mike had evidently had some kind of strange dream too. But in that case, I don't, it, you know, this was a relatively new construction house, you know, in the last 15, 20 years at least. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in, in, you know, the house doesn't always have to be old necessarily. But in sure. this case, I don't think it had anything to do with the house. It was the land. It was, the it land. was just the, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever, maybe it's a case for stone tape theory. Who knows? But just the proximity to the river, there's the military base across so it's you know we find these interesting links between you know places with water and military bases and paranormal activity all in like the same little triangle and so i don't know if there's a connection there or not but it was definitely the land i think in that case absolutely absolutely so you guys said you kind of some of you guys kind of have religion tied to your you know your backgrounds jessica do you what do you think happens when people die do they linger around do they just hang around cemeteries just haunt them like what do you think happens (laughs) so I was shared this interesting video by my friend once and the most important thing that I got out of it and I kind of look at this as a way to kind of validate some sort of scientific evidence as to why there's something that happens to us after we die. So when we are alive, we are made up of um, our physical matter. So our, our body, ourselves, the the human form that we are in but at the same time we have a spirit and we have a passion we have a soul um there are things that we really care about um so i think that when we die obviously our physical body um turns to dust eventually and our spirit is still a thing so where does that spirit go after we after we pass away i i don't think it just vanishes because you know, some people are so strong and so passionate and they care so much about something that it, it would just be silly to think that n- nothing happens and it just gets erased from time completely. But I don't necessarily think that, you know, like when you die, you're going to go hang out in a cemetery. I personally feel if you die in a tragic sense or if you were murdered or if you died when you were too young and the thing that you're tied to and most passionate about is the fact that you died... I can see where you would hang around where you died or the cemetery which your remains are at. I can I see that as a more me personally it's kind of more like if something tragic happens that you would be there. But I know like 
there are places that I love. And when I die, like if I could choose to be anywhere, I don't want to be hanging out by myself in a dark cemetery. Like I want to be where I'm happy, where I'm comfortable. I'm a place that I'm really familiar with. So um, it's it's very interesting. But that's that's my own personal belief. But once again, like there's no way to prove that one way or the other. But I do use that as kind of like a, a reasoning point to let people kind of wonder and question that, you know, there's there might be something more than just the life that we have here. And then when that ends, it's it's not the end. It's not the end, huh? So, so Hillary, you is it fair to say that you do see ghosts? Yes. I Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I listen, I fully <laughs> acknowledge the fact that I might be completely nuts. I have been I, I've been evaluated. I've spent a lot of my adult life being like, listen, you've been, you've been shocked just, electrotherapy or something. No, thankfully, no, <laughs> thankfully, no. But I have gone. I've been like, look, this is going to sound I mean, diagnose me. I'm going to tell you everything. Diagnose me with something mm-hmm. like there's nothing wrong with you, Hillary. You're very intelligent. You're very self-aware. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But, you know, I, compl- I leave room for a little insanity. That's fine. That's where the magic happens. But I want to know, since you do see um, ghosts, do you also think maybe your religious background, is there, do you also see demons? Are demons out there as well? I, I have not. I think, you know, and this is, I kind of look at this like tomato, tomato, right? So the way that, um, or I guess the, the concept of a demon in a certain capacity, there are kind of cross-cultural notes to that that I can agree on to a certain extent. I would, um, you know, I guess it depends if we're talking about like human or non-human entities. I'm not totally sure about that only because I don't have any personal experience yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm open-minded to these things. But I do think that um, at least, you know, in popular culture or the, you know, collective imagination, the idea that we have of demons comes from a specific uh, philosophy, I guess we'll say. Um, But, you know, you'll see, you do see um, across many cultures that there, you know, the idea of like negative entities or angry entities or vengeful, harmful, things like that, you know, that's that's kind of... um, I think that can happen. Um, I haven't ever encountered anything so negative that I felt like I couldn't deal with it. But especially, you know, like in my younger years, there were things that did freak me out very much, but I wouldn't consider any of those things demonic. So have I experienced anything like that yet? No. Does it happen? Perhaps. Um, There's definitely angry spirits, but I think a lot of that, a lot of those times, those um, feelings or that energy, I guess we'll talk about it more that way comes from frustration or, you know, misunderstanding or annoyance or, um, you know, it it would be very frustrating. If you say you got like lost, say you missed an exit, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone was just ignoring you and you were like, what the heck? This is horrible. And you just, it just stews and stews and stews. Perhaps maybe that, you know, I don't know. It's always, you know, it's always curious because you can ask a bunch of different people. I've talked to different people who are mediums or psychics or whatever you want to call it. And they always give different answers. So, I just thought I'd ask because something like that, life after death, you know, that's the, I think that's the biggest question that people have right now is what happens when we die, right? That's the one thing that we can't really validate. It's the, been the biggest question since we showed up here. (laughs) It is one of them. Yeah. Uh Absolutely. So, you know, and that's been a question I think, you know, that's whatever, you know, if we, I don't know that we, and this is just my personal belief, I don't know that I need to know for sure. I am okay with whatever outcome. And I think that kind of, you know, ties into our whole 
our brand, our whole MO here is mm-hmm. like, it's okay. Whatever it is, it's okay. I have enough experience personally to believe that something happens. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I understand the mechanics of it fully or can put it in a nice little neat package and explain it to other people doesn't matter. That's not the magic, you know? <laughs> you're like, what the hell do I care what they think? <laughs> I mean, you get to, you you start off and you're like, oh God, you know what? Like we were talking about too, and this isn't like a year, so it's, it doesn't mm-hmm. happen overnight and we still have our moments. But you know, when you're going to do this work, you do have to accept that a lot of people are going to think you're nuts mm-hmm. and a lot of people are going to think you're lying. Sure. And a lot of people are going to question what you're doing and that's okay. We're prepared for it. I respect that. I respect skepticism, please. Yep. I mean, no one should blindly have faith in anything. Uh, amen, you sister. To, <laughs> yes. You have to trust your own experiences. And so I think the biggest thing and like kind of, you know, the closing note, truthfully, is we, despite what anyone tells you, we are in full favor of people exploring these things themselves, you know, having some of this stuff become more accessible, um, maybe a little less gatekeeping and, you know, kind of maybe removing some of the stigma and fear even Mm -hmm. that kind of plays into the perception that this is something that is not for everyone, only the special. I don't think that's true at all. I think it's our birthright. Interesting. So I got one last question for you ladies since it's getting late. And I don't know if this is totally off your radar, but fuck it, I'm going to ask anyway. (laughs) Go for it. Let it ride. Yeah, I mean, you guys know I was on a different podcast and we did a lot of unknowns and stuff. So do you guys know about the Michigan Dogman in Wexford County? I've heard of this. (laughs) I have, yes. Jessica, Jessica's more knowledgeable about cryptids and things like that than I am. I don't know about the one in that county that you're speaking but of. But you've heard of the Michigan say, Dog Man, right? Yes. So if you ever see one of those little maps and it's like, what is your cryptid for your state? Mm-hmm. We have the Dog Man yes. for Michigan. Yes. Um, the most common in the closest to us is actually in Gross Point, once again, which is the city right next to St. Clair Shores, which where we're located. And... Back in the day, there was a story of a dog man. And this was many, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a little bit more werewolfy than... Than like Wendigo? Yeah, than yes. a Wendigo. Okay. Yeah. It was an actual wolf. Yeah. Exactly. So it was um, so it was actual wolf. And this took place in literally in the city next to us. And, you know, like... Um, Farmers' animals go missing mm-hmm. on the full moon, and somebody would see this giant wolf beast. And but any sort of history or anything related to that? I mean, I've lived in St. Clair Shores my almost my whole life, and I've never once encountered the Michigan Dog Man. That is that the Beast in the Mist could technically be in the city next to us. Is I'm not sure. Else? Okay, no, mind. no, it's it, it started out 1887, and it usually happens every 10 years, ending mm-hmm. in a seven. And there's, there's um, been lots of history of it, you know. People being attacked. Uh, one man found, like, on his tractor, he found him, like, with a heart attack. Like, he, he had died on his tractor, but they found, like, dog prints all around, like, big prints, like, in the mud. You know, just a man being attacked by a bunch of them and a bunch of, like, a pack of dogs. And and one of them stood up on two feet after he pulled his gun out and shot at them. It stood up on two feet, looked at him, and then it took off running. You know, just things like that. Um Sorry, we're getting well, off. Well, I've, <laughs> I've been through, uh, let's see, 97, 
oh seven, seventeen. I've been through three years that end in seven. <laughs> I haven't experienced anything. Well, we I'm have not coyotes. There's coyotes in Saint Clair Shores <laughs> and in Gross Point. Nope. This isn't and a coyote. Occasional right? deer, but <laughs> I, don't I don't know, man. You get up north and things get weird. They are insistent yeah. that Saint Helen is the Bigfoot big capital, capital of Michigan. Uh-huh. And people tell, they say, "Oh man, everyone's got a Bigfoot story. They've seen him running around uh-huh. downtown." I don't know. It gets weird when you get up north. So, so any, who knows? See, I, I, I want to ask things. you, ladies, if you guys go up to the UP much because it seems mm-hmm. like kind of desolate and it seems just like just tons of land and it seems awesome to it's, go up there. It is awesome, but it's terrifying for, like, other reasons. And, like, same with, like, cryptids. Like, I like the idea of them from a distance. Do I ever want to run into one and encounter mm-hmm. a Bigfoot? I would just I hell no, shit right? my pants straight there. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> but um, the UP is really... A- so thank you, Hillary and Jessica. Appreciate it. And with that, we're signing off. Goodbye, everyone nobody there so like it's beautiful though one of the scariest moments of my life is when my mother's ford flex gets stuck in a sand dune in the middle of the up and we don't have phone service okay like that is what's terrifying (laughs) is when you are stranded and you don't have anyone to help you so um the up it is beautiful and it's it's very old land and native americans just basically ruled this place back in the day and it was a great place for for furs and trapping and trading um we're located obviously we're surrounded by the great lakes so waterways are just absolutely everywhere in Mm -hmm. this state which is wonderful but we have like um, bears though too so like you're trolling around for bigfoot you gotta watch out for bears so like it's it's the i'm more afraid of the animals and like Maybe some inbred people. I don't know. I've never said that. The hills have eyes. Scares me. God, it's not like that. Hell. Was it like deliverance? It's not like that. It scares me to hell. Some areas of the UP are kind of sketchy. I've been there. I've. I've refused to use a bathroom at a gas station. You're going to make okay? everyone <laughs> who loves us and comments on our Facebook posts who lives in the UP so upset. It's, no, it's beautiful. And there's great What's areas, wrong with the bathroom? There's some areas that are a little scary for other reasons besides something spooky and whatever. You won't use the bathroom at the UP, huh? Oh my god! Oh my! You you wouldn't either if you saw this place. Yeah, I'd saying. go outside. I'd, I'd, Just saying. <laughs> I would go outside if it was that bad. So, um, sorry, youpers. Yeah. I love sorry, you. youpers. I do love you, except for this one sketchy little town that I went to. And at one time, I got trapped. That was horrible when I was stranded. <laughs> so I just want to one last thing. It's not. It's not even a big question. But Mystic Mitten Paranormal Group. Where does that name come from? <gasps> Good question. This is a topic of, of much confusion. I was surprised. You know, we live in such a little bubble here. So in Michigan, people from Michigan like to refer to, because, you know, it looks like a mitten, right? So Michigan is the mitten state. Okay. Or America's five high. Or five high, high five. Whoa, that was bad. America's Did you say hot spot? I don't know what I was going to say there. It was terrible. Did you say hot box? Just compl- oh I just I short-circuited. Oh so <laughs> America's high five, depending on who you speak to. Yes. But we like to call it the mitten state. So referring to or even just the mitten for short, right? Like Detroit is like the D. So the D, the mitten, whichever. So okay. Anyway, so mystic mitten being referenced to Michigan as the mitten. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the mystic wonderland we have at our disposal here. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I was but, I was trying to figure out why that is, and I didn't know you guys would refer to yourselves as the mitten. So, 
Yes, we we had we realized there we have a couple people who follow us like from overseas and they're like, why are you mittens? I don't understand this mittens thing. But we and grew like, up oh. here and we just assume that it's common knowledge. No, and it's no, not no. surprise. No. It's not. So most people probably think that's odd. Whatever, whatever. It's cute. Once people get it, they're like, that's clever. No, so it is. It, it'll stick. It is. It just it just we don't know. All of us who aren't from there don't know. Or mo- well, at least now you, now, we now, you yeah, now we do. Now we do. Yeah, now we do. I'm glad I asked. I, I was hoping it wasn't something personal. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, it's a big secret. Please don't ask. About it. <laughs> you are being too intrusive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How dare you ask that? <laughs> well, everybody, um, I'm glad I had these ladies on. They're really sweet and they're really awesome. So thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. And do you have anything you guys want to plug your show? Your anything you guys do? Your website? So you can uh, learn more about us at www.mysticmitten.org. We are also on YouTube. We have our own custom channel link now, which is very exciting. It's youtube.com slash C slash Mystic Mitten Paranormal. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you Google us, it mostly all pops up. There's not many people going by Mystic Mitten because it's weird and confusing, evidently. <laughs> so it <laughs> shouldn't be too hard to find. But um, all of our links to, like, if you just visit our Instagram page, too, we have a little link in our bio with our link tree, and you can access everything from there too so that's a really quick and easy way to get to that but really what we'd want just thank you so much sam it was so nice sitting with you so thank you hillary and jessica appreciate it and with that we're signing off goodbye everyone